Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. It's a pleasure to be with you this week. You know, the book of Romans tells us to give to everyone what you owe. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, pay your you know, revenue. However, it does not tell you that you should pay more than what you actually owe. And that being said, as we're wrapping up the year of 2013 and we're looking at 2014, I thought that the appropriate thing for us to do this week would be to really take a look on our year-end tax planning of what people should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing as it relates to taxes. Our guest today is Archanese, tax attorney and CPA from Monmouth Beach and Red Bank. So, Art, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me, Frank. So, Art, you know, we're getting into Christmas season, or we're in Christmas season, as a matter of fact. We have Christmas you know, right around the corner. And as we're getting into Christmas, I know tax planning is probably the last thing somebody wants to do, but we really are starting to run out of time as it relates to year-end planning. So that being the case, one of the things I guess I'd like to start out just asking you is, first of all, is it too late to do some year-end tax planning as it relates to you know where we are in the course of the year, or is there still a little time if you need to make some adjustments? Oh, there's plenty of time. You have until December 31st uh, to make any tax moves. The problem, though, is that most people have in their mind that taxes are due April 15th. So they start to think about taxes maybe sometime in March, and then it's too late. But if you plan uh, in the next three weeks until December 31st, then there are some moves that you can make to save taxes. So with that being said, or I guess you know, part of the message that we like to start or that we should perhaps look at is, you know, what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing, and does it, you know, make sense to do certain things now, or should, you know, we push off things to next year? And I guess with that topic, you know, there's the whole topic of income, which is some people have the flexibility of receiving income now or putting it off to the future. So what are some of the things that we should be thinking about as it relates to, you know, income? Well, the good news this year is that the federal tax laws are in place, unlike at the end of last year, when Congress was still fighting over legislation. The bad news is that if you earn a lot of money, you could face some new taxes. So the best news, regardless of your income level, is that you still have time, as we said, until December 31st to reduce your tax bill. For 2013, the top tax rate is 39.6% on taxable income of more than 400000 for single taxpayers, 450000 for married couples filing joint returns. So if your remaining pay in the balance of the month will push you into the top tax bracket, then what you want to do is defer receipt of money where you can. So for example, you may want to ask your boss to hold off on your bonus until January. You can put more money into a tax-deferred workplace retirement plan, or you can hold off on selling assets that might produce a capital gain. So, Art, if I understand that, too, because you mentioned the top tax bracket, and you know, when I hear that, I know that that really applies to about 1% of the population, so there's not a lot. But there's also what we refer to as bracket creep. You know, which is you know going from bracket to bracket, that could also be what's occurring for a lot of average everyday Americans. Fair? That's exactly correct. So, That's right. You know, it would probably make sense for someone that if they were you know looking at year end and they were wondering you know if they had the ability to to put off some income to next year or whatever the case might be, is perhaps to meet with their tax advisor or someone like yourself, Art, and find out where are they as it relates year to date. 
um, and are they getting close to that next bracket, or where do they, you know, where do they stand, or maybe even do a projection of based upon your income, based upon your expenses, and what it's going to look like. Here's what it's going to look like. Exactly, and that's exactly right, Frank. Uh, most people who are wage earners can't control their income. They just get paid every two weeks, you know, twice a month, whatever it happens to be. So for them, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but for them, you really want to focus on deductions. Should I be bunching my deductions into 2013 or not? And we'll discuss that later. Um, But for those employees who are self-employed, so a lot of small business owners out there, uh, you may decide not to send invoices out until next year because you're a cash basis taxpayer, for example. So again, for for those self-employed business owners, they can kind of control the income uh, these last few weeks that they receive in the 2013 tax year. Now, you know, when you mentioned, you know, controlling expenses a little bit, um, for some people, you know, controlling expenses, like if, you know, they're just a straight W-2 and so forth, my guess, and you can tell me if I'm missing something, is their ability to control income might be um, their qualified retirement plan at work, if that might make sense for them. Is that fair? Like, you know, perhaps putting more in for the last couple paychecks or whatever the case might be if they needed to, to get a larger deduction somewhere. Exactly. So what they would do is uh, get a year-to-date statement to see how much they've put in and then find out what the maximum might be for their plan. And if there is a big difference and they find themselves in a higher tax bracket, then they may, they may want to make an additional contribution. Now, one of the things also that I'm just curious about is, you know, there's been a lot of talk about health savings accounts. And over the course of the last year or two, there's been a lot of people that have gotten into health savings accounts. So health savings accounts may also be another option that they might be able to utilize. Absolutely. And in fact, I happen to have a health savings account. (laughs) And I went to a a seminar the other day on uh, the new Obamacare Act. And that's one of the things that has remained untouched. Uh, But certainly that provides you with a great tax deduction and it's an above-the-line deduction. In other words, it, uh, it decreases your income, your adjusted gross income, actually. So that's a great benefit as well. So are there any other you know, benefits that you can think of offhand, like for like last minute, if you needed to get a deduction and for year-end, what you might utilize? Basically, what you'd want to do is, uh, for those people that itemize their deductions, um, You'd want to look at your medical or dental expenses uh, to see if they exceed the 10% threshold. Again, it used to be 7.5%. Now it's 10% of adjusted gross income. So you want to see what kind of a year you've had uh, medical-wise to see if you can um, to see if you're above that level. And maybe you may want to get to see another doctor, or instead of postponing some type of exam or uh, purchasing more medicine. Maybe you want to do that this year as opposed to waiting until January. So if I understand what you you just described there is if I had a rough year medically and I had a lot of medical expenses and, you know, perhaps in, you indicated it was 2% of or 10% of income, that if there's more work that needs to be done or if there's some expenses that I may incur, getting them in this year because I've already satisfied that quarter amount might make more sense than starting fresh again next year. Exactly. But it sounds like when you say that, that it would also work the opposite way too, which would be that if I knew I was significantly under, okay, 
then I might actually put those expenses off until next year to see if perhaps it might help me in tax planning for the upcoming year. Absolutely correct. That's right. Very good. What about as it relates, Art, to um, they have some people that are listening to our show have access to what are called flexible spending accounts, uh, a.k.a. or the short term is the FSA. (laughs) Right. So any thoughts on FSAs right now? Yes. Uh, In fact, with some of the FSAs, uh, you have to spend what's in the account or you lose it. So you should look uh, at where your account is before your end to see um, where you happen to be at. But basically, uh, you can contribute up to $2,500 to an FSA. Um, As part of the Affordable Care Act, the maximum contribution was set at the $2,500 level. Um, as with 401k plans, the money goes into an FSA before your taxes are calculated, so it does save you some tax dollars. But again, if you leave any money in it, then you may lose it. Some companies do allow a grace period into the following year, but you really need to look at your plan documents or speak with a representative who can tell you if that, in fact, is the case in your plan. So, Art, when I listen a little bit, you know, you know, we have all these little acronyms, HSA, FSA. Right. FSA, from what you just said, may be a use it or lose it benefit. So Correct. if I had some room or, you know, if I have money unspent in my account, I should try to get that money, to, you know, utilized this year. The HSA, however, I can get the deduction this year. And even if I don't utilize the money this year, okay, I can carry that forward until some point in the future where I may require those funds for some medical care. Did we explain that correctly for all of our listeners? Yes, you're exactly on point. Very good. Thank you, Art. So, Art, let's go to the next topic, which is, you know, for people that have some investments, uh, they may have some brokerage accounts, some stock accounts. You know, people have heard the term harvest, tax harvesting, harvesting losses year-end. Maybe you could take a little time and explain to people what does tax harvesting mean? What should they be doing? What are they looking for? Basically, uh, that would occur if you have assets in your portfolio that have lost value. Hopefully in the past year, all of your investments have gone up, but there are some companies where their stocks have lost value. So that could be a valuable tax tool. And what I mean by that is uh, capital losses can be used to offset any capital gains for those transactions where you sold stock during the year. And it's limited to up to $3,000 of your ordinary income. And the way it would work is that, um, for example, if you were to sell a stock in a technology sector, say, just say it's IBM, for example, and you would incur a loss, if you were to purchase that same IBM stock, within 30 days or 60 days even. Uh, That would be a wash sale. Uh, So that loss wouldn't count on your tax return. But instead of buying IBM, you would buy another company in that same sector. So what you're saying, in essence, is that I think the sector is going to do well. I just happened to pick a stock that didn't do well. But I like the sector, and I'll just buy another stock in there. So hopefully that stock would then increase in value. But in my tax year, I get to utilize that loss. Gotcha. So, and Orton, just staying with this, is because the stock market did have a good year this year and so forth, but there are people that years back have had losses in their accounts. Is it feasible that some people could have been carrying forward some of these losses 
and that you know if they have some gains this year, this might be an opportunity for them to offset some of those previous losses to current gains? Or are they allowed to do that? Yes, they are, and that would be an appropriate time to do that, actually. So part of you know the analysis that you know some of our listeners should be doing is looking back that you know if they've had losses in the past that they couldn't you know utilize because you still have that three thousand dollar limit. They may have what's referred to as a loss carry forward. They should check with their accountant. And if they've had some nice growth in their portfolio and they wanted to, you know, get rid of some of those losses, this would be a year if they have some growth elsewhere to offset them against some of those gains. That's right. And in fact, for those high earners with investment income, uh, there is an additional tax this year as a result of the Affordable Care Act where there's an additional 3.8% surtax on net investment income. So utilizing capital losses is another way to maybe avoid that surtax. Terrific. That was great insight there, Art. Art, what about as it relates to my home? What, what's happening deduction-wise there? What should I be doing? Is there anything I should be doing as it relates to you know, you know, my house? What sure. tax breaks am I getting there? Yeah, I think basically everyone understands that if you do own a home, uh, you get to deduct your real property taxes and your mortgage interest if, in fact, you have a mortgage. So what some people like to do is make the January payment for your mortgage and for taxes in December so that you can uh, take the deduction on your income tax return. So this gets back to what we spoke about before, where if you see that your income is pushing you into another tax bracket, you may want to try to bunch these deductions into that same tax year to get you below the highest tax bracket. And that's one way to do that. The other thing is um, that there are still credits available uh, with respect to your home. For example, the residential energy credit uh, is up to $500 maximum for replacing windows and such, that kind of thing. So uh, in addition to deductions, there are also tax credits that reduce your tax liability dollar for dollar that you should look into. And a tax credit, again, as Art just mentioned, is a, is a significant difference between a tax deduction. So That's correct. The tax deduction, you're getting the benefit only of whatever your tax bracket happens to be. Where So if you're in a 36% tax bracket, then for every dollar you spend for a deduction, you're getting back 36 cents. But on a tax credit, uh, for every dollar you spend, you're actually lowering your tax liability by a dollar. Very good. Great insight. Howard, how about, you know, if I was looking to try to, trying to, you know, reduce some income, is there anything else that I should be doing at this point that you can think of offhand? Uh, in terms of lowering your income, you may want to invest in a 401k plan or see where you are with respect to your contributions to a 401k plan. Um, again, there are maximums, for example, 17500 um, is a maximum that employees can put into a 401k plan. So you want to see where you are with respect to that maximum. And if your, again, income is pushing you into a higher tax bracket and you have it maxed out on your 401k contribution, you may want to look into that. Very good. And I, one of the other things that, you know, I'm always, you know, find this interesting how people view taxes, tax refunds, things of that nature. You know, and some people say, oh, Frank, I got a great account, and, you know, I get a large refund every year. And, you know, so maybe you can just take a few minutes and talk about the fact of, you know, if somebody's getting a large refund every year, good, bad, indifferent, what are your thoughts as it relates to that? 
I never felt that uh, getting a large refund was a particularly good financial or tax plan. Um, however, and I can understand how people uh, may find it difficult to save, and they view that as forced savings. Uh, but to me, uh, in essence, what you're doing is giving the government an interest-free loan. So I'd rather have my money during the year and either pay a little or get a smaller refund. You know, try and get it down to zero as close to you can, as close as you can, so that you can hang on to your money. Um, but again, I, I can understand why some people would want to uh, get a large refund. They say, oh, I have $2,000 refund, for example, and we're going on vacation or I'm going to do something uh, with that money. But I'd rather um, just have it flat at the end of the year if you can. Very good. So for all of our listeners, as we're wrapping up our show this week, I wish all of our listeners a truly blessed Christmas. You've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth with our guest today, Art Chanice. This is Frank Congelos. Any questions, please write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at ifrw.com. Thank you. Merry Christmas.